0: You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Striebel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you.
1: with the same verse that I, I spoke to you about this morning, Acts one seven. There's three or four, five, six more scripture that I want to discuss with you tonight. I'll read them. I'll say what I think about them, uh, the Lord willing, and then they'll be for your consideration to think whatever you care to think about them. <clears throat> There's never been a problem in the scripture. It's what men thought the Scripture said that always produced the problem. I believe one way, someone else believes another way. And so that, therein where the problem lies. But I believe, therefore, if, uh, if I could see the Scripture uh, voted it clear and I didn't cooperate them into my life, I believe they must be incorporated into my life Uh, then I uh, would no doubt have a lot more patience and long-suffering and humbleness with that man or woman that didn't see the Scripture like that I had seen. But it is as it is, great feuding and uh, things that's unpleasant comes out of our view of the Scripture. Let's read verse 7 again. Acts 1-7. And he said unto them, Now you remember that I said that I believe that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, now consisting of eleven men. If you didn't want to say it that way, I ask you again to say that that's the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's be sufficient. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And the Father's own power is what we're, we're trying to talk to you about this morning. <clears throat> these these next verses that I'll read and I'll maybe uh, say something about, uh, some of them shows great secrecy revolving around some of them. And so I don't need to waste my time in this land trying to burst them open. You know, we always, there's a great wonder in the land, when is Jesus coming back? We just just want some preacher to unfold that in some great, mysterious way. But the Bible's going to say they just don't know man know that. Oh, we know it's going to be splendor and glory, but there's argument about that even. And then, and then somebody will say, well, I just know it's not going to be long now because of all these earthquakes. Well, I don't never know a time in any history when there hadn't been earthquakes. You... And then somebody will say, well, it's drawing nigh because as all these people are going hungry and starving. I dare say there's never been a time when there wasn't somebody hungry. But Jesus said in the midst of all of that, uh, and, and, and enumerates of several other things, he said, the time is not yet. He tells us that he's going to come like a thief in the night. Uh, some people believe that he's going to slip up on us by that scripture, and others believe that he really won't slip up on us. You see, I don't believe he'll slip up on us. Other preachers believe he will slip up on us. And uh, some, some people, some preachers believe that he can come any moment. I don't believe he can come any moment. <laughs> so there you go. So that's why tonight, I just want to read some scripture to you. If you don't kind of like my interpretation of it, put yours on it. But the thing is, when all things have been put upon it, and we've had our say, and we've had our argument, it'll be just exactly like it was, in the mind and purpose of God before the world was. Your argument, nor mine, won't change a thing in the world. So, uh, that's why that we should spend some time, I'm sure, praying to God to give us some insight. And, and, and these are so clear that whether we do it or not, we're left uh, just open before Him, uh, we don't need, need any interpretation for that. So let's read that again now. We're talking about In the Father's own power, which the Father hath put in his own power, it's his, it belongs to him, he's doing his will in the armies of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth. I believe that I can say, without any reservation, that I've never had an experience in life where that these scriptures that's plain and clear that should be guiding our lives, I've never seen a time when they caused anybody any heartache or any trouble or any anxiety or any melancholy. Where all of that ends in is where we shove something in between the lines I refuse uh, to obey what he said. If there was not any other scripture in the Bible, if there's just one verse, and this verse was that, and I read it one time, And he told me to look over the family of God for good and not for evil. If I didn't know another verse, and I really incorporated that verse into my life, I'd be a wonderful person. I just always looked over uh, the family of God for good and not for evil. In the midst of that old corrupt heart that I knew he had, if I could see Jesus Christ in him, I'd hold up his hand in all circumstances. Just that one, see, guide me in that straight and and there what would it not? So it's not it's this it's not that it's not clear in a lot of instances. It's our unwillingness to obey or forget. So now uh, I'm going to read in Revelations ten. <clears throat> Revelations ten. I believe I'll just I'll just read these first six verses. Now most of these verses I don't know what he's talking about. But in this 6th verse, uh, there's one expression in there that I do know what he's talking about, but I don't know when it will be. So Therefore, tonight I see in this verse, verse 6, here is something that God not only has kept in his own power, but he's keeping it a secret. And so I don't need to waste my life trying to find out when this is going to happen. I want to keep that before us. uh, I believe I'll just read these first six verses. Revelation 10 beginning with verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillows of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. That's quite a sight, isn't it? Ever what that means. Quite an occasion. And cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted his hand to heaven, and swear, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever. Now, undoubtedly, that's God, or Jesus. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth, And the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. And that last expression said that there is some time coming when there will be no more time like we know it. Now, I don't have to get someone to explain that to me. The other part, I have no concept of what he's talking about. <clears throat> now then, I'm going to read you a place where it says that God has got that in his secret, and even the angels in heaven, I don't know when that's going to be. But yet, they sermon after sermon after sermon after argument after argument, after argument, after temper raising, after faces turning red, and we still end up one saying this, one saying that. But the Bible has said emphatically that time as we know it shall stop. But when it's going to stop, no man know it. Turn to Matthew 24, 36, and let's read that. Remember that we're trying to keep before us that God has kept, He's got all things in His power, but sometimes He sees fit to reveal sometime, and when He does, He does it at His time. And there is some things, even up to this moment, has not been revealed. But what God wants me and you and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be engaged in while we wait on these other events is as clear as crystal. Now, that's what I'm preaching this morning, and that's what I'm preaching tonight. Matthew 24:36 says, well, let's just read, I'll read verse 34 down through that. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I, I, I believe I, I believe I would have the right to say this tonight because I believe it. I doubt if there's very many verses in the Bible that's as mis as much misunderstood, misapplied taken for granted is that verse is. We think in some instances that God's going to change His Word a little. We really believe that. I, I really think we do. Because I know if I didn't think there was going to be some wavering in it, there's some things I'd straighten up and fly right more over than I do. So it's either the fact that I believe that God lied or I thanks to truth, and I'm just in unbelief, are that these men were not inspired that wrote the book. Heaven and earth shall... The weakest statement you can say about that is, some people believe that this earth will be annihilated. Some preachers preach that. Some preachers preach it, that this earth will not be annihilated. It will just go through a great transformation. I'm in the last category. But I know this, if, if these men were inspired, I'm reading here. Now, see, I may be wrong about this. Earth may be annihilated. But if it is, then I know for a settled fact, if it is, God will create another. I'm safe as the Rock of Gibraltar on that. There is going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, whether I live on that or not is disputable. I believe I will. What argument about it? So, in this fringe, I asked you, I asked you to try to gain some patience and some understanding. It will be absolutely, I guess. I, um, I believe I could say it this way. It probably almost gets in the realm of absolute impossibility for your next pastor to teach everything the same way that I've taught it out of this Bible. Now, you'll either have patience, or just say it don't make no difference, I'm just going to church anyway, or you will try to ask God to let you know what's right and what's wrong. But they can no man that's been called to preach and been born again that can deny the fact, will say that this earth may be annihilated. But if there is, there will be another one take its place where on that earth they will nothing but 100% right prevail." Now, there is no room for argument, Second Peter 3. And then on top of that he says, being as we know this, being, being that this is undisputable, being that God has said it plainly, then it's added, Seeing that we see this and believe it, what manner of men should we be in all holy conversation and godliness? So, I can say that I know for a settled fact, based upon that what I'm telling you about in 2 Peter 3, that it makes a difference how that I live. And when you start arguing, well, you talk about in this world or in the world to come, you're in speculation. That's not the point. That's not the power. That's not the deciding factor. The deciding factor is that it is worth a person's time to live righteously and soberly and godly in this present world. These are the things that matter that I am in my deep conviction. Heaven and earth shall pass away. So if you believe that means annihilation, why, you just believe that that means annihilation, you you can sure say it's going to pass away, and whatever that passing away means. So I'm not going to argue with you. If you come up here tonight and tell me that you believe that this earth will be reduced to a handful of ashes, I'm not going to say nothing back. But if you tell me it's not going to pass away, I'm going to tell you you're sadly mistaken. And if you tell me you believe that there may be some words of God that might not be just that way, I'm going to tell you you're sadly mistaken. I may not can tell you how it's going to be, but God's Word will not move over for you nor for me. Listen now, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. What's he talking about? He's talking about this time situation in Revelations 10, 6. The angel swore before God, and apparently that's what that means, uh, that, that time shall be no more. I've reached a conclusion that's talking about time as you and I know it. But here it says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. What are you trying to do, Brother Watch? I'm trying to emphasize my belief about that there is things that the Father has kept in his own power. That's what we've said in Acts seven. Now, if you would turn to Ephesians 1.11, and let's just see a little bit further about this keeping in his own power and how God is acting and what he's doing. Ephesians 1.11, let us read that. Brother Wallace believes that that, uh, some preachers preach here lately, I don't know who that was, but they, they, they made, made mention of the fact that they understood the scripture to teach that, that God has a purpose in letting us live here. And I believe that. But, uh, yeah, but, but in the midst of that and, and a further thought that, that God is not letting us stay here to help Him perform His will, we ran here for a little while, And then we go to be of God, or go somewhere. And then the next generation takes over, and we are forgotten about. But in the midst of all of this, the Bible says about this person that has kept some things in his own power, the Bible says about him that he is the same yesterday, today, and evermore. So after that, we dress up in our splendor. And have a certain amount of high mind in this, in us that we won't confess. We've had a click here and a click there. Uh, big eyes here and little eyes here. We're all gonna be sooner or later, just like that old brother. He's, he's dead now. He's a man that didn't have a real good mind. His name was Henry Starling. He Live back over here in a little old shack. Go to a little old Jenny around here and people poke a little fun of him. But one day old Henry died, and I'm telling you tonight, when Hassel Wallace turns up his toes, or even while he breathes before God, Henry Starling is just as precious to God as any saint that's ever breathed. we can't see that in this life, but God can. And that was these high religious people in the days of Jesus. That was a great complaint and grumbling that they found with him. He don't spend enough time with us. He's spending all of his time with publicans and sinners. Scum of the earth. Now, I believe today that he wouldn't be a bit different if he was sitting in our congregation tonight. Look in this verse here how that this God, as, as, as the writer said in Acts, has kept some things in His own power. Isn't it quite miraculous, this just within itself, that Jesus didn't leave on record when His birthday was, and we throw some parties thinking that's on His birthday? We will always make it up. Every bit of that's heathen. Easter is heathen. Dressing up on Easter is heathen. Culling little baby chickens and looking after Easter eggs is heathen. Come from heathenistic practices. Isn't it strange that Jesus seemed to it that His cross was not preserved? For men to make an idol out of it. Isn't it strange that he didn't let anyone make his picture to preserve it? Isn't it strange that he never wrote a book? The author of No Song. Riding in Jerusalem lowly on a little old ass, the foal of an ass. Didn't even have his own saddle blanket. He wasn't on a horse now. A horse is a sign of a conqueror. That indicates that in Revelation talks about the return on a white horse. Conqueror. But while he lived here, as the preacher said recently, didn't have a place to lay his head. People called him a wine-bibbler and a gluttonous man. If they couldn't criticize him one way, they criticized him another. And the most religious folks of that day just couldn't see nothing good in him. Listen at him here in this verse. How he retains things in his own power. Sometimes he don't tell us. Therefore, we should not worry about it. But that which he does, whole, clear, dear, and unwavering, in our lives, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Isn't that powerful language? Do you see that in Acts 1-7? That he's telling the disciples of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, if God ever does restore or give back the kingdom to Israel, he'll do it uh, after the counsel of his own will. And if I was you, I wouldn't ask that question anymore. But if I was you, I would do what He tells me to do. Wouldn't you agree tonight that most of the things that you grumble about is not worth anything? Wouldn't you? Don't say it out loud. Just think about it. The things that you grumble about. The things that you see in the church. The things you say you would have or wouldn't have. If you combined it all together, it wouldn't be worth a buffalo nickel. The thing that matters is people that's coming together with a burning love in their heart to do the will of God that worketh all things after his own counsel. That's what matters. Nothing else. Nothing else. You just think about that now. And every time that I think about that very long in my own life, I get quite ashamed that the time I've wasted over things that absolutely was of no avail. You look down at Galatians 4 4. We mentioned it this morning. Here is something that God kept in His own power a long, long time. But finally, it came to pass. And we had a beginning of the Lord Jesus Christ as far as His body is concerned. Not Him as a being. I'm just going to read down to verse 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Let's just catch that now. Until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God has had this in his hand all the time. But the time has come now for the revelation to appear. Just not one thing that God got ready, but everything that he would take, to move things forward according to the plan of God, even the Roman highways, is in this thought here. A time when the gospel can move along easily. A time when men can go preach the kingdom of God without a great hindrance. God got all of this ready before the Son made his advent. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons, whatever that is, and the death of that fault. I thank God for it. Turn now to Genesis fifteen and verse thirteen. Here, God has something in His own hand, keeping it in His own power, but He's going to reveal to Abraham how long. Here is a duration revelation. He's going to tell Abraham, no one else has never known this, God has had it in His own power all the time, but now He's going to tell it to Abraham. He's going to tell Abraham how long.
0: Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also.